Good morning. In our study, we've already clearly established the fact that the Corinthian believers were living in conflict with one another. Their division was so great that they even questioned Paul and his message. Paul reminded the church that he was a servant and steward of Christ who did not do things to please man, and he wants them to be of the same mind as himself. It is in this context that Paul continues his letter to the Corinthians. Listen now as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6-7. through 7. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Paul will first tell the Corinthian believers why he ministered to them in the way that he did. He states that he applied these things to himself and to Paulus. These things are the calling and the refusal to let anyone stand in judgment of him. But he did not do this for his own benefit, but for theirs. It would be easy to assume that Paul was simply stubborn and as a result acted callously toward those in Corinth. But this is not the case. He was trying to help them. In particular, he was trying to help them learn not to go beyond what is written, so they would not be puffed up and devolve into unnecessary and unprofitable conflict. When he says he does not want them to go beyond what is written, he means, of course, what is written in the scriptures. I believe this statement by Paul reveals two important truths. First, our conflicts are often simply the result of a difference of opinion or a difference in preference that we have allowed to take the place of ultimate truth. This, of course, isn't always the case. Sometimes there are real differences that drive people apart. But sometimes is the problem that we have simply adopted a certain way of doing things and assume that that is the only right way to do it. When that happens, it becomes very difficult to be charitable to others. For example, the Corinthians are putting Paul and Apollos in conflict with one another. Paul and Apollos agreed. Paul keeps he and Apollos together of the same mind, and yet the Corinthians divided them. This clearly wasn't a substantive difference. This was the Corinthians focusing on something unessential and making that the essential point of disagreement. Second thing that Paul tells them, or the second truth that we learn from Paul, is that we have to do a better job at knowing the Word of God in order to ensure that we are thinking and acting in a way that is consistent with what God has revealed. I know we probably all know this, but let's take a moment to reflect on what we have been given in the Scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we are told, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Throughout time, God has been faithful to make himself known through the fathers and the prophets. That word came in many ways, and while it was, not, it, while it was absolutely true, it wasn't complete. Now, 
God has revealed himself in Christ, who is the heir of all things and the creator of the world. To that end, the Apostle Peter reminds us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16-21, through 21, For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in our hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This word that we have from God has been more fully confirmed because of the person of Jesus Christ. His life, death, resurrection, and ascension into glory confirm the words spoken about him in the Old and New Testaments and the words spoken by him. Every religion in the world has a religious text that was produced in secret and has to be taken by faith. The word of Christ, though, is not one of these cleverly devised myths. It was confirmed and affirmed in the life and death of Jesus Christ. This is historical truth that can be attested to just as Peter was attesting to it. Peter then reaffirms that we have in Scripture what we have in Scripture has not come from the mind of man, but is actually the word of God. Because this prophetic word has been made more fully confirmed, we do well, Peter tells us, to listen to it. There is one final passage I want us to consider. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Once again, we see that Scripture is the very Word of God, breathed out by Him. And while the opinions and preferences of man often produce conflict and strife, the Word of God is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. The people in Corinth were immature and could not be fed the deep truth of God's Word. Those trained in the Scriptures, however, grow to be complete and equipped for every good work. After talking to them about the importance of not going beyond God's word, Paul reveals the underlying problem with the believers in Corinth. They were arrogant. They were already puffed up in their thinking. Paul will ask two rhetorical questions designed to pull them back into reality. Those who are guilty of arrogance are guilty of having a belief about their own goodness, strength, and wisdom that is inconsistent with the truth. It is inconsistent with reality. He asks them, what do you have that you did not receive? The answer, of course, is nothing. We cannot live a moment longer than God gives us, and no matter how hard we work, 
we have nothing apart from the grace of God. This, I think, can be one of the blessings of COVID-19, if we are willing to see it. This virus has reminded us how little we are actually in control. It should not produce despair. It should drive us to the cross and to our knees. He then asks them, Why do you boast as if you did not receive it? I think what we have here is a call to humility. As the people of God, we need to live lives of thankful humility, which brings glory to God and fosters peace with one another. Today, as we close, we will pray for the faculty and staff that GCL has asked us to pray for this week. Those people are Christina Jeffcoat, Robin Ramsey, Brittany Stiles, Jeanette Kirshner, Stephanie Swanson, and Robert LeBourne. Join with, with me now as we pray. Father, we are grateful for those faculty and staff members that you have brought here to Geneva. Today, we pray for those I just named, and we will continue to pray for them this week. Pray that you would bless their work and their ministry, that you would equip them, equip them to do the things that they have been called to do so that uh, the students that they are training might grow in righteousness and knowledge, better equipped to be disciples of Jesus Christ, and that you would just bless their work, that they would find great enjoyment from it, and that they would uh, feel satisfied in the work that you have called them to do here. We thank you for this day. We ask that uh, we would go into it and use it for your glory and the glory of your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.